We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Two and two on eighth place hitter Tyrone Taylor. Kisner puts down the target. Wainwright with the pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. On pitch number 100, Taylor strikes out. Two strikeouts in the inning, four in the game for Wainwright. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like a baseball game. And guess what? Starting April 7th, you're going to get to hear those live at Bush Stadium. The lockout is over. We are going to have baseball this season. We are going to have a full 162-game season as a new collective bargaining agreement was ratified today by Major League Baseball owners. They did it. They told us it wasn't going to happen. Then they told us it was. Then they told us it wasn't. And then it did. And here we are. No cancellation of games. It's just that the season's going to start a little bit later They're going to make them up with uh, off days, doubleheaders, that sort of thing as the year goes on. This is Sports Open Line. I'm Chris Ranji in for Kevin Wheeler tonight. 314-436-7900 is the phone number. So um, that is very good news and looking forward to John and Rick, the broadcast team here on KMOX. That home opener, the season opener, the home opener, it's all the same now. Uh, Cardinals were supposed to start on the road this season, but they will now start at home on April 7th, a 315 first pitch, of course. The ball game and all games right here on KMOX, uh, 1120 a.m., 98.7 FM. Also, if you're local and you're in physically in the area and you download the Odyssey app, you can listen to Cardinals games on that. You can listen to all the KMOX shows on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. But you can listen to everything. You can listen to all the games, but you got to be, you know, in the listening area in order to pick it up, and it's totally free. So it's a very cool thing. Get that app, and you can uh, go back and listen to the show podcasts as well. You've got the phone number to call. We talked to Wesley here on KMOX. Good evening, sir. Yeah, hey, how are you this evening? I'm great. First off, Extremely excited of this new CBT deal. Uh, huge relief. Glad the lockout is over. Um, regarding the CBT, the new uh, deal, so, uh, with the 12 team expansion playoffs, yep. uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, will it cause teams to become less competitive now, um, less mediocre and more mediocre? Um, you look at the Cardinals last season. They they were a wild card team. They had to take a 17 game winning streak just to make their playoffs. Um, are you going to see teams uh, 
Yeah. Have that happen. Or is it going to be more of, hey, 95 wins, 96 wins? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? It's a, Wesley, that's a that's a great question. And, okay, let me look at it this way, or this is how I see it. On the surface, I loved the additional playoff teams. I liked it when we did, was it 14 or 16? I can't recall during the COVID season now, but the additional playoffs, I thought they were fun, but part of that was just because there hadn't been baseball and then we only got two months of it. And then it sort of felt like a tournament at the end of the year, which I I know all playoffs are, but it felt more like one that season. So I am all in on expanding playoffs. I think it is on the surface and for the event itself. Once the playoffs start in October, I think it's going to make it a whole lot more interesting. My concern is your concern. And that is that the team's, that are right in that 80, 81, 82 win range, go into the play or go into the regular season and say, you know, we can be mediocre and still get in. Like we don't, all that matters is we, we get into the playoffs. So we're not going to go sign an, an extra bat. We're not going to go get a designated hitter. We don't really need one. We're, we're, we'll probably, we're good with what we have. And we'll just call up somebody from within. That does concern me that you're going to see a lot of teams do that. On the other hand, you could have teams say, you know, we're pretty close. Like we won 78 games last year. If we go make this one extra move, maybe that's an additional three wins for us. Maybe that's an entry into the postseason. So we are going to spend a little bit more money during the offseason. It could go one of two ways, and those are the two ways. I don't know which way it will go, and I don't think anybody knows which way that's going to go. I'd love to tell you that this is is exactly what's going to happen. And I know the fear is what you brought up, that teams are going to be complacent about improving their rosters because mediocre is good enough to get into the postseason, and you never know what happens once you get there. The reality, though, is... No, the best team does not always win the World Series. But very rarely does the worst team in the playoffs win the World Series. So you might get in as an 82-win team, and I know everybody's going to say, well, 2006, 2006, remember that? Yeah, that's not quite the same. That team, yeah, was, was fortunate because of their record they got into the playoffs, but that team was hurt for most of the year, and then got healthy at the right time, the roster was really, really good. It wasn't like that team stunk and backed into the postseason, luckily. I mean, yeah, there's some good fortune to be a team that wins 83 games and gets into the playoffs and then wins the whole thing. That doesn't happen very often. But that's. I think if you just look the record of that team, it doesn't tell the full story of the 2006 Cardinals. So that's not really fair. But you can look year to year, and the worst teams might steal a series. They might win that first one. They're not going to run the table. And if they do, it'll be a miracle. So, yeah, maybe it's possible an 80-81 team, you know, 81-win team gets into the playoffs. That team is very likely not going to win the World Series. So I don't worry so much about that. I really do hope what this ends up leading to is teams getting to 
that position where they're pretty good and think they can get a little bit better if they just make this one move in the offseason or a couple moves and they're more inclined to do it. I guess we'll find out. There, there's no real way to know how it's going to work out until we see it for a couple of seasons in action. Appreciate the phone call, Wesley. And for the rest of you, you're welcome to. We're going to talk to Jesse Rogers here in just a little bit. He's been pretty much boots on the ground covering this lockout for the entire time it's been going on. He's in Arizona where spring training happens for half the teams in baseball, as you know. Jesse Rogers with ESPN National Baseball Writer joins us next on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is KMOX. I am Chris Ranji in for Kevin Wheeler tonight. Good evening on this day that we celebrate. We celebrate the return of baseball and no longer do we have to watch Jesse Rogers watch people walk across a parking lot. Um, The lockout ends. Season's going to start April 7th and Jesse Rogers, national reporter for ESPN, joins us here on KMOX. Good evening, Jesse. Hello, Chris. How are we doing, pal? I'm, I'm doing great, buddy. You're busy. you got a lot going on today. Oh, and- my God. It's been insane. I've never covered anything like this in my life. I really haven't. Some days I felt like after talking to both sides, I needed to take a long shower. Um, <laughs> other days I felt like, okay, these people really do want to do a deal. But I will tell you, Chris, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that it, it happened this week. I, I thought for a while this would be the week, to be honest. I thought March 15th was the deadline because this is the week in order to play 162, they needed an agreement. So even I wasn't buying the league's deadlines. And I certainly know the union wasn't. And I, I give the union credit. They didn't even blink when down in Florida they set up that deadline and said no pay, no games, no nothing would be made up, you know, all that stuff. The union didn't care. They extended the deadline. Union didn't care. They came back to New York, set another deadline. Union didn't care. And the fact of the matter is the union got a better deal than they would have a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, two months ago. So I guess the union did its job. Do you, but, go but, ahead. Wait, yeah. I don't think uh, the owners just gave in. The economic system of this sport is still the same. Arbitration after three years, free agency after six years, tanking is still going to be part of the game, even though there's a lot of redraft. I don't think that solves it. So both sides did get something, but both sides also didn't get everything they wanted. And I guess that's the way it should go. Yeah. I think if you go back and go back weeks and you look at what players, if they got everything they wanted, you know, within reason, um, the owner still would have come out ahead, even with all of that. And they didn't get anything close to all the stuff they wanted, though. There was some movement here. It just felt like no matter what, at Major League Baseball, the league was going to win this thing. Well, yeah, because they hold the ball literally literally and figuratively, right? I mean, they, they can hold out longer than the players. Let's just face it. If they, And that's the thing. I, I think there's some owners that, that were okay with not playing April. But, look, they cut a deal today to play 162. So you can't crap on 
the owners as much as everybody wants to, right? They're, they're, they are billionaires and live in a different world than the rest of us. But they, I, I think most of them wants, want to play 162. They, I, I, I believe that they, they don't own teams to keep it closed, right? They, but obviously they were willing to hold out to get the best deal. I think both sides can, can claim some victories. Like I said, the core economic um, structure of the game is the same. That benefits the owners. But certainly the players did get something, a $50 million pre-arbitration bonus pool. Come on, that's something. Yep. Um, no longer can you play, uh, play games with um, a, a guy that comes up for service time as much. You, know, you come up three weeks into the season, you win rookie of the year. year. You, didn't get a cert, you didn't get a year of service time before. Now you do. So there, there are things there. Um, huge raise in the minimum, even though it was deserved. They got it. So um, there's a lot of wins the players can, can, can say, things that have never been part of baseball before. A lottery draft is a win for the players. They wanted it. They got it. So um, both sides can claim some victories, and, and that's a good thing, I guess. The qualifying offer still a thing, though. That's a thing the players really wanted to get rid of. Is there you know, any avenue down the line for that to be taken care of, or are we pretty much dealing with that forever? Yeah, there's other avenues to do it. Obviously, if they adopt the international draft, they'll they'll drop the qualifying offer. You know, some of the things, and I think this is the reason um, some of the guys on the executive board on the players held out. I mean, five of the eight players are Boris clients, and, you know, qualifying offers usually get extended to Boris clients. Um, CBT issues usually, deal, uh, you know, are, are, are affect um, Boris clients. So you saw, I mean, it's quite the story. Eight executive board members out of eight voted against the deal, and then they took it to the rank and file of the players, and they voted, you know, uh, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly for the deal. So that's an interesting storyline. Um, but I know fans don't don't care so much about that. Uh, so yeah, they didn't get everything they wanted, but maybe the international draft will be part of part of baseball soon enough, and then then they'll drop the uh, qualifying offer. Well, so all 30 owners ratified the deal, but prior to that, there were four teams that voted no on the proposal, and it's interesting you you mentioned what you did because the four teams that voted no were the Mets, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Cardinals. There has to be some connection because if you look at the executive committee on the players' side – Pretty much all of those players were part of those teams. So Andrew Miller's a Cardinal, Jason Castro's an Astro, um, uh, Garrett Cole, Zach Britton, uh, uh, Yankees, uh, Lindor and Scherzer are, are, are Mets. So what's the connection there? What what what's going on in that little? Uh, thing? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, Chris. They were able to influence their teams. Simple as that. To vote no. And, and I guess that's probably the right thing. I mean, why wouldn't they influence their teams? They're, they're on the executive board, and they are leaders of those teams. So that kind of fits. But I thought you were going to go in a different direction regarding the owners. Think about this. The owners, we know, four of them voted no down in Jupiter. Great story by the Athletic to, to out those owners. It's four right? different teams than this. Oh, right. Right. But, yeah. but, right. It's four different teams. But let's just talk about the owners for a second. Four voted no. The players got more, I just mentioned, over the last two weeks since Jupiter, and yet they voted unanimously this time around. Now, that's one of two things. None of them wanted to be outed again as the guys to vote no to a CBA that actually gets ratified, right? They, they either, you know, I don't want to be that guy that gets outed in the, in the papers, right? Or they truly, uh, Manfred did a, did a good job and, and said, look, 
I know we're giving them even more than we did two weeks ago, but we've got to make this deal or the season's going to be in trouble. So that I find that very interesting. A worse deal, four guys said no. A better deal um, for the players, everybody said okay. But you're right. On the player side, there's their correlation, the executive board and the teams that voted no. Um, that, that makes sense. But it's a fascinating part of the story that I don't know all the details on. Um, eight guys voted no from the executive board, yet 26 out of 30 teams voted yes. It, it, it's interesting. It's these four teams in particular. And I wonder if there's a, if, if all teams voted no for a same reason. And if you look at who they are, the Mets, Yankees, Astros, and Cardinals, those are all teams that try to be competitive. Or at least the Mets are trying to now with new ownership. Astros, obviously. Yankees, obviously. Cardinals, obviously. Does that have anything to do with it? Yes. I, and to be honest, the teams that voted no, um, the owners, I was surprised by that. So um, it, there, there seems to be no rhyme or reason it, 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 at times. But I view, I view the Cardinals, since we're talking, I'm talking to you in St. Louis, I view the Cardinals as like a, the poster team for why this is a very complicated subject. I've brought this up before, I think, on, on the radio down there. It, it, because the Cardinals try to win and should be commended for that, absolutely commended. Yet we know that at least based on market size, they can't compete with the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers. So I think they are very sensitive to that CBT, for example, going too high and or revenue sharing changing, because we know the Cardinals do get revenue sharing um, and also draw 3 million fans, which is a nice little combination. But if the CBT goes up too high, and the Cardinals aren't willing to go meet that CBT, they'll lose out on players to the other rich teams. And so it's very interesting that they voted okay to the proposal two weeks ago and again today, not too worried about the CBT, yet their player rep, Andrew Miller and, and the team, didn't like it. But again, it's those executive board members that are there day-to-day that you know have an association with Boris, and a higher CBT is associated with Boris as well. Those guys... All voted no. Now, I know if Andrew Miller's listening, and I know Andrew Miller well, he'd say, Jesse, it has nothing to do with the Boris clients. There's more to this story. But it is interesting that the eight members on that board voted no, and the rank and file voted yes. Jesse Rogers, national baseball reporter for ESPN, is joining us here on KMOX. And you mentioned this earlier, um, that you don't, you're not exactly sure, and I'm right there with you, that enough has been done at for for the bottom teams to force them to try to be more competitive. So the Orioles, Pirates, that kind of stuff. They get the draft lottery. That's a good addition. Um, obviously, minimum pay for younger players is going to go up, which I don't know if that necessarily leads to more competition at the bottom. How do you think this is going to work then? Are teams going to try to be more competitive just by virtue of that draft? I don't think so. I don't think so, because I've talked to enough cynical agents that think that, okay, the Pirates aren't going to be that upset at picking fifth. They don't have to pay that guy as much as if if they're picking first. (laughs) That's how teams that don't want to spend think. So, uh, and and, and by the way, I mean, now it's not that big of a deal, what, five uh, five teams in the lottery? So it's still a race to the bottom five, right? You can still get the first pick by being really bad, even if you're in a lottery. So, no, I, I don't think enough was done in terms of tanking. Now, I talked to Rob Manfred myself about 90 minutes ago on the phone, 
And I brought that up. And he continues to express the same storyline he's always expressed. I think the phrase he used was about when I brought up tanking, and I used that word, he called it negative rebranding. And what he meant by that is back in back in the day, I know, back in the day when we were growing up, nobody heard of tanking. We just thought, oh, well, the Cubs suck, you know, and, and they're going to be bad for a few years. But but we but the the difference is, and I I should have gone back to him on this. Now teams will state. I mean, the Cubs did this in in, in thirteen twelve. We are rebuilding. Hang with us. In four years, we'll have a good team. When we were kids, nobody said that out loud. We we knew they sucked, but so it's it's strange. He won't necessarily acknowledge the word tanking. He never has. He just calls it cycles of losing and winning, but. It's it's gotten strange, and he he knows this. He admits this. The, the payroll disparity is huge, five times from the bottom to the top. And it's one thing if the Orioles are bad, you finish twenty games out of first place, that'll happen. They're finishing thirty games out of fifth place, fourth place, whatever. It's so so they didn't address it enough. Uh, was it what did he call it? Negative rebranding. Negative rebranding of of what back in the day was just cycles of teams. Yeah, you know, it. going winning and losing. Okay, all right. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think. See, I'm with you on this. Teams are more now emboldened to say we're going to suck for a few years. We know that. Like we're they're okay with it because people have been okay with the idea of rebuilding because they think on the other end of that rebuilding you're going to get what like the Cubs had and what. The Astros, Astros did, and yep. and that sort of thing. So they're more okay with it, um, and that's. I kind of feel like teams just took advantage of that. They have, and 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 the fact that the Astros and Cubs won is only like you just used the Boston you, too. You used the right word, emboldening. Yeah. yeah, and um, problem is that it, it doesn't always happen for every team. I will tell you, I've talked to executives on smaller markets, and they say financially we have to go through those. Uh, recycling years and um, those tanking years, recycling, whatever you want to call it, um, and rebuilding. And, the th- and that ultimately, Chris, is still the biggest disconnect in covering this story that these owners are, are saying the quiet part out loud and either are believing a lie or are actually telling the truth. And you know what I'm getting at, that day-to-day, year-to-year, owning a baseball team is not that profitable. Uh-huh. Now, of course, it sounds crazy. I just can't believe they keep saying it. And is it, is it a lie they're telling themselves, or is there, is there some truth? Now, look, 30 teams do not make money every year. That, that, is, that is truthful. You know, poorly run teams that don't win don't make money. Um, and there's all sorts of accounting that goes on, um, you know, so we can't know for sure. But this is what they keep saying, that day-to-day, year-to-year, we don't, we don't have – a hundred million just laying in the bank. It comes, it comes in, it goes out, it comes in, it goes out, but no one seems to believe them, including me. Jesse Rogers. I appreciate your time. I am, uh, I'm excited that now we can move our attention months from now to hug watch instead of parking lot watch. This is, it's going to be so much better that we actually have baseball going on this year. And and thank you for uh, all of your coverage. Not like you're doing it for free or anything, but you know, thanks for being there. For you, Chris, I'll be anywhere. Call me anytime. Yeah, you're damn right. Thanks, I'm Jesse. That answer. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye. That's Jesse Rogers, national baseball reporter for ESPN.
Uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite developments. I I disagree with Rammer on this. I thought it was really exciting seeing Jesse and and Evan and everybody else's photos from the parking lot, watching Rob Manfred and players walk back and forth. And how else were we going to find out that Max Scherzer drove there in a Porsche? Or is it Porsche? I don't know how you say it, but I remember it being a huge story that a baseball player who's well compensated has a nice car. This is Sports Open Line. The number to call or text 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Your thoughts on the lockout coming to an end. Are you happy for the players? Are you happy for the owners? Are you just happy there's baseball? Or do you feel like this is a bad deal? What are you thinking? Let me know. We'll talk about that next. I'm in for Kevin Wheeler, Chris Ranji on KMOX. The voice of St. Louis. News that matters to you. KMOX. I have to say I am genuinely thrilled to be able to say that Major League Baseball's back and we're going to play 162 games. I do want to start by apologizing to our fans. I know that the last few months have been difficult. There was a lot of uncertainty. Um, at a point in time when there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, sort of the way the process of collective bargaining works sometimes, but I, I, I do apologize for it. That's right, Rob Manfred. I want an apology. I want it personally handwritten with my name on it and sent to my place where I live. And you know what? I want you to hand deliver it. I want Rob Manfred to deliver mm, 300 million I'm sorry letters. Yeah, not for everybody. Like 30 million of you don't get one. But 300 million of you uh, Americans get one. This is Sports Open Line. I'm Chris Ranji. The lockout's over. You heard uh, the commissioner of baseball tell you right there there are going to be 162. That means... Your St. Louis Cardinals will have their first regular season game here on KMOX on April 7th. That is Thursday, April 7th. It is a 3:15 first pitch. They're going to be at Bush Stadium. Game's going to be right here on KMOX. How exciting is this? This is very good news. I'm glad this has happened, and I'm glad you're with me to share it. Uh, Wheels is going to be back tomorrow, by the way, and uh, Matt Pajeski is producing the show tonight. Oh, you're not producing tomorrow? That's right. You're out tomorrow. Ah, I'm sure he'll be fine. Oh, you wait. Oh, you are here. Oh my God. Doesn't matter. Matt's here tonight. Matt's here tomorrow. Matt's here all day, and so is Steve joining us on KMOX. Hi, Steve. Hi, good evening. I'm calling from the Cardinals AA home in Springfield, Missouri. Hello, Springfield, Missouri. By the way, uh, another thing to mention, there's going to be a bump in AAA salaries and 40-man salaries, too. Just for, for people, uh, I'm, I've been going over all the things in the new CBA, and I know you're, you're not talking about a AAA team here, but uh, the Memphis Redbirds will have uh, a bump in pay. Well, the people uh, in AA here, well, they get to AAA, they will get that bump. That's so correct. That gives them some, some incentive to play. Um, I have a couple questions. One, now that the strike is over, they're adding two new, two new playoff teams per league? Yep, 12 total now. 12 total. So 
I wonder how that's going to work. Is it going to be like a one game, like it is now, a one game playoff, and then you move up to play a better team? The wild card series is going to be a best of three. The top two division winners in each league get a bye. Okay, so there's a bye involved. Yep. Okay, that's what I wanted to know about that. I'm glad about the DH uh, coming into the National League. It's long overdue. And I think it'll help uh, incentivize uh, these teams offensively. I really do. And and hopefully it will incentivize teams to to go out and get an extra bat. If there's somebody out there available that can help them, um, you know, go do it now. You have the the opportunity. Now, I want your opinion, and I'll get off of here. Sure. I want to know who you think of this. You said there's going to be a lottery. Is it six teams or five? Six. Okay, tell me who you think are the worst six teams in baseball right now. And I, I'm going to say this right now to all those loyal club, uh, Cub fans out there. I think you're one of them. So I'll uh, I'll listen in on that. All right, Steve. I appreciate the call. Um, I, I don't know if the Cubs are going to be. I don't know if the Cubs are going to be one of the six worst teams. I don't know about that. I still think you're looking at. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, um, Miami's a little bit better this year. Could be Kansas City. Um, I think the Rockies are going to be kind of rough. I don't know if they're going to be bottom six rough this year. The Mariners are going to be improved considerably, I think. Uh, There are people that think they might end up with uh, Chris Bryant as well. So that team's not going to be one of them. Um... I don't really know. That's a tough. I have to go through and and look at at the standings from last year and and think about it. But I think at least the bottom three or four pretty usual suspects. At least that's how I see it. Appreciate the call, Eric and St. Charles. You're on KMOX. Hey, Chris. Hey, buddy. So I got I got a tough one for you here. This is a real tough one. After the lockout and everything, you know, I was just curious. If we see any kind of damage to the Cardinals product, what kind of damage we could see? If Marmol doesn't have a successful season after all this, especially after we just let go of a winning manager, like that's probably my biggest concern when it comes to the fans that we've already kind of lost through the lockout and like how much more are we going to hemorrhage just from that alone? Well, I don't know if that's going to make too big of a difference. I I think when you're a first-year manager, you're going to get a little bit of leeway. So I I think there'll be a grace period, unless it's just terrible, like a a 60-win season or something like that, but I just can't see that happening. Uh, uh, To me, worst-case scenario for this team is they finish a little above 500. I, I, I mean, that's at least how I see them. Um, I doubt the thing you're talking about is going to happen. You could be right, but I really doubt it. And even if they aren't very good, I just don't think in year one, a lot of people are going to, you know, going to dump all over Marmol. I mean, you're going to have people who criticize him and say they don't think he's very good, but the majority of people who follow closely are not going to be uh, asking for his firing if things don't go well in year one. Usually you get a couple of seasons. Right, And it's not as if the last manager, the, as successful as he was, it's not as if that was somebody that people were just angry that he's gone. Like there were people who wish he was still here, but I don't think it would have been, it, it's not as visceral as, you know, if, if Tony had been here in his prime still 
and they just fired him for no reason at the end of the season. Then I think it would be very difficult for Ali Marmol to to establish himself here. Before we get the break, uh, Derek here in St. Louis is on KMOX. Hi, Derek. Hello, Derek. Derek, you dropped the phone. Pick up the phone. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, Chris. Can you hear me now? I hear you. Thank you, Sam. Working and listening to you at the same time. Good on you, man. Always listen to the radio when you're at work. Yes, sir. I'm on the app. I do the Odyssey app. app. That's right. It's free. The Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. I I used to listen to you on the other station. My feet aren't touching the ground. I'm so happy that you're taking phone calls. Man, thank you for taking phone calls. Sports Open Line is actually Sports Open Line. Thank you so much. Well, this is what they told me to do, Derek. They forced me, (laughs) but I'm glad you called. I certainly hope it's a trend because I love hearing from the other people out in the community. One of the things that I was concerned about, we didn't hear about how they're going to go with the new revenue streams now. You know, if you listen to Joe Buck, who says he doesn't know what he's going to be for football, you got a lot of upheaval with the announcers. You got uh, specific games on Amazon, different places. Nobody said how they're going to do the new revenue stream. They're talking about advertising on the uniforms. Yeah. Nobody mentioned anything about that. Do you have any information on that, sir? I don't have specific details about, like, how uniform revenue is going to work, where that's going to go, if it's being shared, if it's team-specific or or national, like if, if there's going to be a, a a sponsor that's on every team's uniform around baseball, I don't I don't really know how that's going to work. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, the Apple TV Plus deal, I'm assuming that's going to work just like every other uh, television revenue deal where that stuff is shared because those games are exclusives. And if you had not heard, I know Derek has heard about it, but maybe if you're listening you had not heard that Friday games coming up this year. There's going to be a MLB double header on Apple TV Plus. Two games every Friday. Both of those games are going to air exclusively on Apple TV Plus. So that means if the Cardinals play and they're one of the Apple games, you can't watch on Bally Sports. But instead of having to pay for Apple TV Plus, you can just listen to KMOX because John and Rick will have the call. I'm Chris Ranji. We'll come back with more as we wrap things up on Sports Open Line on KMOX. In for Kevin Wheeler tonight, who will be back tomorrow. He's returning from his, uh, well, he's had family stuff to take care of. He's coming back, going to be with you tomorrow night on Sports Open Line. I'm Chris Ranji taking his place for the meantime and appreciate you listening tonight. I think we've had a pretty good time. And how could you not have a good time after the news we got today? The lockout's over. Baseball's coming back. April 7th, the Cardinals open the season. 315 first pitch at Bush Stadium. And there will be 162 games played. Uh, John Mosellock currently in the middle of a conference call or a Zoom call Uh, with reporters talking about a bunch of different things. As we now know, the season is going to happen. The lockout's ended. Uh, One of the things he said is that the roster's maximum 13 pitchers allowed on the roster. No limit on hitters. So uh, for the roster total, you cannot have any more than 13 pitchers. There is going to be the designated hitter this year. So we did it during 2020. We had that season of uh, designated hitter baseball. 
and it's now permanent. It is so if you hate it, and I'm guessing that at least some of you listening despise it. A lot of you have come around on the idea over the years, or you're like me, you're just you're elated. You're you're so happy. This is finally happening. We're getting baseball. We're getting a designated hitter. It's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm very happy they're doing this. Now the only thing is I can't complain about it anymore. This was one less thing for me to complain about. Dang it. Um, This text message from a 314. uh, 2023 might be better than this season. A pitch clock. Limited shifts will help the game. Also, a new balanced schedule will allow fans to see more teams. I like the new deal. That's from Allen in West County. And yeah, so for this year, the new stuff is the Universal DH, the 12-team playoff. That is happening. For next year, it does look like a pitch clock is coming. It does look like they're going to eliminate the shift or at least control the shift. And uh, the increase in size of bases, that's going to be a thing. When we talked to Bob Ramsey about this earlier, he said he's not really sure what that's going to do or what the data is. I don't know if there's actual data on this. My guess is because they want more action on the base paths, there are two things happening here. One, the larger base is a little bit safer. So... You, you won't have as many collisions, not like there are a ton of them, uh, but collisions at first, you know, maybe it won't happen at second base either with a guy sliding in. Maybe you cut down on some of that stuff. But also, if the bases are bigger, it would stand to reason that the distance between the bases is shorter, even if it's only by a few inches. So maybe stolen bases increase. Maybe they, they want to see more action on the base paths, want to see more offense. Teams are not as likely to run their players because they don't want to run into outs. Well, maybe now you're going to get a few more stolen bases throughout the year. Again, I, I don't know what the, the actual data, the numbers on that are, but that seems to be the intent. Whether or not you like this stuff, um, it does appear some of that is coming. But I almost wonder if they made you wait a few weeks for baseball just so that you don't care and you'll take anything. You'll take any rule changes as long as there's baseball, and you got it. Matt Pajeski, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to our guests, Bob Ramsey and Jesse Rogers. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again sometime down the road. You'll get Kevin Wheeler back tomorrow. But the lockout is over. Baseball's back. At your service coming up next, I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.